Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just look to our benevolent emperor and he would give us direction. But as long as we live up to his ideals, you know, wearing cloaks, not allowing those young whippersnappers to talk back to you. Force lightning. You've been sliced by Yavin Radio. I am Boykos, and I am coming to you live from Yavin 4. My name's Zan. I'm one of... Wait. Wait, is this an interview? I'm sorry. Are we on the air right now? Yeah, we are going out through the hollow net. So who's listening? Whoever would be listening to uh, Hot Imperial Jizz. Oh, Lord. Who named it that? Uh, I was wrong. Last time we spoke, I do believe my mother listens to this show. Your mother's into hot imperial jizz? Yavin Radio is a story podcast set in the Star Wars universe. Tune in on comms and podcatchers of your choice every other Tuesday. The following is an episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast. It contains spoilers for Star Wars Visions Season 2, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Star Wars... Jedi Survivor, The Wandering Inn. Honestly, we talked about a lot of stuff this week, and I don't remember all of it. But just listen for the Wookiee roar, and you'll be good. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the big warm hug of geekdom. Geeks and welcome to your Midwest Survival Podcast. <laughs> the first thing we normally do are a podcast about four best friends talking about the dirty things they saw and did this week. But now we're just talking tuna salad. What's the what's the mayo ratio, people? <laughs> you don't want to use mayo. Mayo is disgusting. If you want to make a really good tuna salad, fucking use. Uh oh god, what am I thinking? Cool here? Uh, green? No, oh. it's green. It's. Jared, uh, did you just fucking say to not use mayo in fucking tuna? This is a podcast no. about salads now. Don't we're we're in a fight. Mayo. I will use mayo if I have I, to. The, the audience I'm can't better. see it, but I've got both a phaser and a Klingon disruptor here, and we're gonna fight about it. <laughs> pesto. Pesto. Make use pesto to make your tuna salad. Okay, that sounds delicious. God damn it. <laughs> That's just classing <laughs> it up at that point, yeah. Oh as my long God, as we're not using pesto. sour cream. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sour cream no. honestly in anything. I'm just like Unless it's a sour cream and onion chip, then I will. Oh, yeah. There are so many flavors out there that like, "Mm, this is artificially delicious. And then you have the real thing and you're like, gack. You know what I had today? You know what I had the other day? I had uh, chicken flavored Cheetos. 
Uh, one of my gym friends brought them from Japan, and I thought it would be disgusting. Roast chicken flavored Cheetos. That sounds terrible. But it just tasted like it, like you took a bite of it, and there was a taste of like a, a nice, subtle, not too strong taste of roast chicken. And then you were eating a Cheeto. And it was a weird but lovely experience in yeah. my mouthscape. Yeah, that's that's the market in Japan. If it doesn't taste good, they won't eat it. Which is why their taco-flavored Doritos taste like an actual full-on taco experience. That is magical. It's, it's, it is magical. It's fucking weird, but it was delightful. I'm even kidding. This that is a great thing onions. that we're going to have to all try out when we do the uh, Ace of Geeks group trip to Japan in 2025 Ooh. for Star Wars Celebration. Oh, God, I have two years to not be yep, broke. us too. <laughs> okay. Us too. Or we have two years to find a sponsor. Yeah. Hello <laughs> out there. Are you interested in a podcast with four good friends who really don't have that many listeners just a small <laughs> amount of listeners uh but the ones they're we do have are really dedicated anyone listening to this podcast is automatically more attractive than the average person that's that just, i don't make true. the rules I, listen, uh, but I, also if, if you want you your friends struggling... to be more attractive you could always uh send them to this podcast as well but don't don't tell them that's why you did it because if your friend does something nice <laughs> for you and you ask them why and they said well i'd like you to be more attractive you have two problems potentially <laughs> you have crossed for several lines in your friendship okay okay One, okay but if why? we're attracting two did not welcome your critique no notes thank you <laughs> Well, I mean, since since that is since that is a a minefield to navigate uh, and we want to be attracting sponsors, right? What does everybody need? What were we just talking about? Delicious snacks from Japan. There are so many snacks from Japan that are. Yeah, what uh, if you should sponsor us? I mean, why not? There is also a a recursive loop problem that I didn't talk about before, uh, because Meiling is already the most attractive person in the universe, and she also listens to this podcast, at least when she edits it. So, you know, I don't know how that would work. (laughs) I edited it. I know. Hang on. Are you okay? Hang on. Are you saying that Meiling is an outlier who is bringing the average up, or? (laughs) Well, Meiling brings every average up. Uh, Oh, thank you. And not yeah, just because okay. she teaches math. Um, hey, I uh, yeah, but you know, you want to be careful. I hear what she teaches. What she teaches averages. She's pretty mean. <laughs> oh my god, that's really good, babe. I'm so proud of you. Oh my god, that was really good. Oh. This tells you how late can... at night we're recording this podcast because of the big the, the laugh that joke got. We're kind oh, of in a different mode. Oh my god, stop it guys. Stop it. Stop it. This is too much. This is too much. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um so okay, uh, Rowan, where's the median joke? I, I was <laughs> Uh, I, I was trying to think of one and I couldn't. I was I was too busy working <laughs> the angles. It got too Archimedean. Oh no. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, that joke was pretty acute. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, we can't. All right, we need to find we need to find another angle to go here. Yes, yes. <laughs> this obtuse I'm sure we can get to everyone. the root of our problems. Oh, um, yeah, we just don't want to let our problems divide us. No, I, any divisions would be imaginary. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes the divisions are there for a while. You know, they're pretty long. 
divisions. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Anyways. Well, before we descend, <laughs> before we descend fully into jokes, uh, nerd stuff. <laughs> nerd, nerd stuff. I mean, math is yes. nerd stuff. Other it's nerd, nerd stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's nerd stuff for nerds who you know are really extremely boring. But hey, hey. hey. that's right. I'm calling you out, math people. Classic. Write us an email about it so we can't get an email. <laughs> Mike, husband of the year, one breath. My wife is the most beautiful person in the world. Second breath, math is stupid. <laughs> the thing like, she's devoted her life to teach. <laughs> um, not that this is any way commiserable, but I did once break up with someone because they said that any study of the past was nostalgic and unhealthy. And I just like slowly, slowly turned to look at them. Or, and I was like, you know what I do for a living, right? <laughs> yeah, no. As Honestly, a... if you find yourself in a room with anyone who uses a sentence like the one Jairus just said, especially in a d- d- dismissive way, uh, you should just leave the room, whether it's a dating situation yeah. or not. Just be or... like, it's not worth talking to you. Or ask them to leave the room. They have demonstrated they're not qualified to participate in this discussion. (laughs) In whatever room you're in, they're not qualified for it. Yep. If they attempt to argue with you by bringing up any example that's not currently occurring in the moment, tell them that, congratulations, they've become a historian. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said that was nostalgic and childish. (laughs) Okay. This is how the, so, that, that sentence right there, Jairus, is how we know you live in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is it not when I started talking about my polycule? Anyway. Hey, <laughs> hey that's, um, so, I mean, that polycule narrows it down to San Francisco or the state of Oregon. So, or the know. entire <laughs> Pacific Midwest, because that is the breadth and reach of that polycule now. <laughs> yeah, there was this freaking uh powerpoint presentation that was shared with in a polycule in seattle and then that polycule had so many connections that we in california found out about this like relationship do's and don'ts presentation oh my god don't know uh, I mean... how it happened but if they keep expanding, eventually we're all going to be in that polycule. It's the gray goo of relationships. <laughs> Everyone's gray goo gets everywhere. Oh, hmm. uh, maybe cut that. Maybe oh, cut no. that. Maybe cut that. I, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Rowan. If you edit, you are welcome to cut that. I'm too busy <laughs> doing candle keep. Someone else will hey. have to cut. <laughs> we Sounds appreciate like you. So this week, uh, we watched um, Visions. I believe Rowan and I watched all of it, and yes. Mikey Mayling watched the first two episodes. So we're going we to had do Just to be clear, Star Wars after. Visions. Yeah. Yes, Star somebody Wars wants, I don't Visions. know if there's another Visions out there. I just want to be sure. Yeah. No, Star Wars Visions Season 2, full spoilers for Episodes 1 and 2. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. This might be my personal opinion, but there wasn't a single bad episode, and even the one that I like the least was incredible. Two, number one and number two, no exceptions. Uh, I 
don't disagree with that based on the two episodes I saw. <laughs> they were both <laughs> incredible. The first two episodes uh, are deeply moving and explorations of the Force and the dark side specifically in a way that uh, we don't get much in mainstream Star Wars. Yeah, and yeah. unlike the first season of Visions, uh, in in episodes that seem totally plausible to be within star wars yeah. like there's there's not a lot because mm-hmm. a lot of the the i mean i don't know about the rest of the season of the season of visions but there is a lot of in season one remixing of uh star wars which was awesome yeah um but this season feels like people at least are somewhat staying within the lines. Yeah. Season that, that will play out. Um, they're not all within an obvious Star Wars um, setting like they could be canon, but season two has a ton of stuff that could just easily be canon, yeah. including like the one that impressed me the least. And it was amazing. Had a character from the original canon voiced by the original actor and just could conceivably have been, Something in canon. Yeah. It was... Oh, God. Yeah. Not that canon way... is important. Like, it, you know, no. everyone has right. their no. own version of stories, but... Oh, absolutely. It's kind of Especially. cool to see new Star Wars stories that I can slot into my personal headcanon without any trouble. Yeah. yeah. Season one Rowan, was very... you've been trying to say something? Yes. Season one was very much about reimagining uh, what Star Wars could be. Season two of Visions is very much about what kinds of stories can you tell in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Um, One of the things I really liked about episode one, uh, I mean, I would say the thing I liked the most is that it was a very balanced force story. Uh, In normal um, um, canon yellow lightsabers don't necessarily mean balance, but it was very clearly um, a symbol of uh, the light and the dark in a single practitioner in this one, which makes sense because the first episode was all about color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then also like the part of the reason why Mike and I have only watched the first two episodes is we needed we needed a moment <laughs> after the first two episodes mm-hmm. to just kind of sit with some of the themes in it because oh. it's very clear that the dark side preys upon those who are desperate mm-hmm. and exploits them in their desperation and it was beautiful to see in the first episode that it's clear that this woman has been through some stuff, right? Like half of her is robotic. Um, So it's most likely that she was offered something to make her life better. And she didn't quite know what she was promising right what she was and so like she's clearly living in like a sith temple which is why her art keeps getting contaminated with the darkness and like i love that idea of where she would be saying like the painting wants to be dark you know that it's like it's not that she's 
she's forcing the painting to be a certain way, mm-hmm. but the painting is telling her what it wants to do. And like, but then at the same time, she's able to bring the light to meet the darkness. And it's yeah. not about one or the other. It's about the combination in one person. Yeah. And, and having that true balance of the force. And that's where like, sometimes, you know, the issue I have with the Jedi is that like, oh, it's all about the light. The light is good. Light, 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 light. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't ignore the darkness. You can't just conceal, don't feel. When yeah. you do that, you run into issues. Which and is... so it was it was just really great to see see the combination and see someone who is truly balanced in the force. Yeah. 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 It's one of the I reasons really why I loved um I love the higher public so much is because they uh they've really taken that to heart, that idea of the Jedi, um, and finding actual you know not shoving down all of your emotions uh not as Mei Ling so eloquently said concealing don't feeling um uh, and then and then the second episode i mean it's a child yep. in a workhouse yep oh yeah. and yeah, I, given I, the promise of leaving this place i mean like easy pickings yeah easy pickings right Right. The the other thing um, about the second episode, especially when it comes like politics and the Jedi and imperialism, is that you have like kids all speaking in Irish accents who work in a factory like a workhouse who are afraid of a Banshee-like character. Um, and then when the Jedi comes, the Jedi will only take the Force-sensitive one. That they was ha- not a Jedi. That was, that was not a, a Jedi. That's that a was Sith. a Sith yeah. who came That was a Sith. That was yeah, a she, manipulated, she manipulated her to to, to, to kill someone. her master. And then really? gave her a red lightsaber. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. not sure. We, I mean, it's not 100% confirmed that it's her ma- that it was the Sith's master, but I mean, it obviously was. It, it's, oh, it's I thought clearly... the red lightsaber came from the Sith that she killed. It yes. did, but the the girl murdered someone to complete her trial. Yes, the Sith, the that Sith is manipulated true. her into you into doing her dirty work for whatever. We also reason. don't normally see uh, the dark side, um, not only not in someone's control, but like obviously, like uh, this person has a very inverse relationship that the Sith normally talk about to the Force, where you have power over it. The like the screecher was completely like suffering under yeah. the dark side, completely like not in control of her powers. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was. Oh, indefinitely not in her right mind. No, yeah, no. it was almost like um, if, if what you are saying is true, uh, then the Sith was putting had it having her put down like a rabid beast yep 100 percent. and actually now that i think about it the we assume the um uh the banshee or the uh, screecher was uh the sith's former master because that's generally how that works you know always two there are and all that Mm -hmm. um but uh it's possible that that was actually her 
previous attempt at recruiting an apprentice uh, yeah. that went horribly oh, wrong, and she sure. got a new apprentice to come in and murder her so that yeah, you know, so they don't but have yeah. to force new Kyber for another lightsaber. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also like the idea that the Sith strongholds kind of have bad juju and like feed off negative energy and also emanate negative energy. I'm like, there is no place of more desperation and lack of hope than a workhouse full of children. You know, and so it's like, it definitely would be a stronghold for those types of vibes. And, um, and Mike and I were talking how, like, we kind of want to see the continuation of this girl's story where she becomes a fully realized, like, Sith Lord, comes back to liberate her friends but does it in all the wrong ways? You know what I mean? Right. Like the, the actual fulfillment of the of Anakin's uh, dream of the Jedi of yeah. coming right. back, Go back and, and all the slaves. People. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you know it's like the intention. Absolutely, yes, do it. But the methodology is just going to be so horrible and so awful. And so then, like, to kind of get more of those types of stories where it's like you're training in this way because you have this idea of like your end goal. You're going to go back for them. You want Mm -hmm. to go back for them. And like all of these horrible things that you have to do is to save them, you know, but it's like the twisting of that. And like, Mm -hmm. and it's just all of these stories, all of these vision stories are just so deep and just so rich with in, like distant boundaries you know deeper than so. some of the stories in season one they generally have more depth going on well i mean that's been the great thing about visions is taking creators who wouldn't normally get to play in this space because getting to create a star wars story you sort of need to be you know a lucasfilm person who's been training in lucasfilm for forever or like a triple a filmmaker or something um and so giving this opportunity for people to tell star wars stories from their culture and their beliefs and their um yeah. their own perspectives that you may of their own experience see. of colonialism and yeah. empire there's a lot yeah. of that this yeah. season. oh i can't wait for you two to get to it from what I am uh, reading, you are entirely correct. The person who picks her up at the end's name in the script is the Sith Mother. And from that, I would then assume that the Screecher is her master, because then the Screecher, the Mother, and Doll create a Celtic trio. Oh, of, yeah. Crow, uh, Mother, child. Mother, Maiden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Oof. And also very much like if you're right, Mailing and the first episode setting is not like a starship, which I thought it was at first because of the bulkhead like space, but a Sith temple. These are both episodes show Sith using uh, bright white and bright light colors as a um, like an aspect of their settings of their ships of their things in a way I think that really fits in with the imperial use of white uh and the way that um uh colors often get flipped in star white wars. is mm-hmm. definitely a color of purity and like 
What mm-hmm. I love about Star Wars is that it is very, the color story is very clear and, yeah. And, yeah. and it comes through. But like, there's also a negative side to the purity of it has to per, be like, our type of pure. Evil perfection control. Eugenics. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is that it white. It is the pure white of sterility of all Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. considered uh, unfit or impure being scrubbed away. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something we talk about in um, applied magical theology um, and come up in a few of the papers um, that my friends had me read where... um, a lot of times the most potent magical rituals are ones that include the abject. Um, and you tend to like really go through self change when you are forced to engage with things that would naturally make you feel disgusted or afraid or that sense of otherness being brought into you. And one of the things I've realized through these rituals is that it's because if you are, forced to identify with something that you fundamentally see as outside of yourself or alien to the self, you cannot help but change your mental perspective. You will always see things a little differently through that action of making impure your previous perspective. You see Sorry, that it's Star a Wars little too. late to no, that's parse fair. that. I, I will say, uh, I do well, like I do. last time, <laughs> I noticed that there is a moment where my mental faculties stop in the recording and I can just hear that, oh, I'm not doing any more thinking. So I very <laughs> much sympathize. I will try not to keep it all in the clouds. <laughs> it, uh, oh. it's, it, that's our terrace. There's a reason mm. I was going to take you to judge, take you to judge John Hodgman over that. <laughs> you still should. You still uh, should. They rejected us, but yeah. Just keep um, trying. No, yeah, but no. I'm I'm very excited for this different view of the dark side. You know, mm-hmm. because like dark side characters are very interesting villains are just very interesting mm-hmm. to me in general mm-hmm. and so it's kind of nice for them to get more dimension beyond yes join me and destroy the world you know like yeah. and more moral dimension too i yes. think one of the most interesting things about the star wars sith is that the more the history of the sith is written out Uh, the more it becomes revealed that fascism is like a Palpatine thing um, and wasn't previously a part of what they were doing Mm -hmm. um, in like a, I, it it makes it way more world war two like, but like, yeah, I don't know. Just culturally. um, Well, it's very interesting. It's it's kind of one of those things where, like, we went to Star Wars night at Disneyland the other day, and we were standing behind this guy who had, you know, an Imperial logo tattoo. He had a shirt on with stormtroopers that said, support the troops. He had, like, an Imperial officer hat. So, like, definitely into 
the first order and the, the baddies and like and we were talking with him and he he was a really nice guy but he did get very uncomfortable every time we said oh so you support space fascists fascism and he was just like no i mean i yeah um, no 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 i just uh you know the and so I it's just like there is the problem point mm-hmm. but exactly exactly and so like it's it's like we don't want to yuck on anyone's yum but it's like if you like the empire for the aesthetic because don't get me wrong black and red and clean lines yes please but for the morality of it, absolutely not. Which is yeah. why, like, yeah. I don't even like going into the First Order store or that little area of Batu. Like, I honestly avoid it. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's stupid. Yep. It's yeah. just a store. But I'm sure. just like, but I, at a certain I point, just... At a uh, certain point, you're aware of who you'd be giving free advertising. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and what... that's why, like, I... I love my Asajj Ventress lightsaber. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. I will never ignite it because I can only have a red blade with it. And I physically cannot hold a red bladed lightsaber. I just, it just feels wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and I know like with the character, she then like, you know, had a journey and stuff like that. But I'm just like, ah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I'm kind of excited for uh, Ahsoka because I would love to see some Sith or Sith adjacent people who have a slightly different lightsaber color for the people who do get squicked out at the fascist marriage Mm. of ideals with red lightsaber wheeling. I would really love to see those characters as non-Sith dark side users. That would be great. I was was going to say, I I, I hear what you're saying about the the history and stuff, Jarrett, but I... I always kind of get eh at like ideas of um, saying like, oh, the Sith aren't that bad. It was just Palpatine or whatever, because the Sith philosophy is selfishness. I mean, it's true. For the, for there the are extremely uh, long history. Yeah. And the Sith Empire before. Yeah. Um, I think the idea was less the Sith weren't bad until Palpatine so much as it is. Yeah that Palpatine chose to use his stuff politically, whereas other Sith who were self-focused were just into building their own personal power rather than power over in the same way, necessarily. Yeah, Yeah, much in the same way that, like, fascism idolizes um, feudalism. The Sith of the past tend to be extremely feudal. Like, we are lords, we want to control land or you know territories of space um and the sith of palpatine are very much like the um nostalgizing of that sort of you know forever imperium that kind of thing especially Um, the sith eternal uh, oh exactly the sith eternal i didn't realize how much detail went into uh the sith eternal in the ninth movie and I was looking at the visual dictionary, uh, and one of the things is that the the um, Death Stars that were created were manned. They just weren't manned with command personnel who could fly them. They were 
uh, outfitted with uh, engineers who could work the weapons. And all of those engineers had to carry radiation sensors because all of the artificial suns that made their Death Star tech work could kill any of those people at any time. Which Sorry, is a what ma- Death Stars are we talking about? Um, the Star Destroyers in the Sith Eternals. Uh, oh, fleet oh, oh, oh. Okay. All have these like mini sun reactors that have Death Star tech. Lasers. Uh, yeah, that okay. They can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm following. I um, thought there was a fleet of unmanned Death Stars that I wasn't aware of somewhere. No, no. I was like, what? What? <laughs> but what this indicates is that a major psychological aspect of the Sith Eternal, more so even than the Empire, is that we are devoted to using weapons that could and will destroy us and we have to be okay with that uh because death and destruction is the most important thing about whatever we're doing i feel like yeah. that's Which also, is so dumb it is dumb it's it's it is yeah how much are you willing to suffer for an aesthetic but also it's yeah. like i feel like it's partially connected to the old eu one of the concepts from that of of the dark side being literally corrosive to people yeah mm, like the eyes yeah yeah like the more you use it the mm-hmm. more it breaks you down actually yeah um, which makes a lot of alchemical sense uh the uh, the dark side is all solve dissolution solvent vitriol that mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah the, uh speaking mm-hmm. of you know old sith it was nice to see one coordinated the other day Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, King Charles looks exactly like Snoke. Um, oh, more one, hair, yep. definitely okay. more hair. Um, more hair. Did but he looks the... so bored during his yeah. own coordination. Like, I feel like that's what I... you're. You have to look bored. Um, as, as like you know, that's like how you be a royal. Mm-hmm. He also was sitting in his chair in the almost exact same pose as the um, Polish jester from that painting where all the nobles are partying in the background, in the foreground. The jester has just read the news that Poland lost its major battle and was about to like uh, see a marching army. So like he's all depressed. Exactly how Charles was sitting. (laughs) And and I did love that he, he looked like, um, he looked like Snoke. And then um, William's kids looked like a little Leia and Luke, <laughs> but like Luke in the black suit. <laughs> like, yeah. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anyone else notice the uh, Grim Reaper that walked by Westminster Abbey um, no. in, during the coronation? No. Oh, I'll see if I can find a thing of it. I think it's probably someone fulfilling a dark hooded ritual role required by the coordination but i don't think it's been identified okay let's see as long as it's part of the ritual and not someone doing performance art right or maybe it would be better if it was performance art i mean better performance art than going to the tower of london and kidnapping all the ravens oh you can't do that they would be mean to the ravens and also spell doom of the British Empire. Um, that too. Yeah, there's that. Um, which, you know, would be appropriate. Okay, uh, here's... Well, the British, but... the, the British Empire <laughs> Empire, like, the actual empire of the British has already long been doomed. Yeah, since World War II. Although they do still have the Falcon Islands. 
Yeah. Hey, folks, welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast, where we talk about the nerdy stuff we saw and did this week. You <laughs> promise all of this will help you survive the Midwest? Yes. <laughs> you will not be able to survive the Midwest unless you know this Grim Reaper character in the coronation. Okay, I think I found a video. I'm the the key is if anyone starts board. talking to you, tell them about this thing, and they'll either be amazed and you can go on an internet binge together, just like trawling, or they'll completely mm-hmm. tune out and be like, yeah, that's cool, bub. Uh, catch you later. And then mind their own business. Yeah. Um, Actually, they're going to be too polite. They'll just let you ramble on and just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. sorry to say that I miss Return of the Jedi in theaters again. Um, how was it? It was awesome. amazing. Awesome. Which um, version was it? Uh, it was the, uh, the latest the blue, blue, yeah. Blu-ray version. It had Jedi uh, rocks and stuff. It wasn't. They were never going to show the original. I think that's part of the deal they made with Lucas when they bought. I think Star so. Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do really love the celebrations at the end of that. There are a lot yeah. of things they did in the new Return of the Jedi that are much better than the original Return of the Jedi, like making Jabba's gate humongous. I do really yeah. like that. Um, but then you have like the jedi rock jedi rocks. rock song which, yeah uh, uh, yeah not my favorite. i was thinking about it the other day and i understand like they wanted a song because they wanted to extend the the twi'lek dance sequence and i under actually extending that makes sense it's too fast in the original version it's just that they then went way too hard on the song like it's way just too a, hard it's just a little bit of the show you don't need to you don't need to supposed do to be all the of that cheap yeah. tricks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, maybe I did see that version in theater when it came out. I, I thought I well, Jedi Rocks do... was in the version that came out in '97. So yeah, I maybe saw. But the thing is, I vaguely remember missing it that time too. But I remember seeing a 3D version in which uh, the singer Snout came out towards us, and I remember thinking. Well, that wasn't a great decision. <laughs> yeah. Just just but, not the best. Um, yeah, but it was really, sure. really cool seeing it in a theater again and with an audience. And uh, it just, I mean, I love that movie to death. And I, I've heard so many bad think pieces about who Luke Skywalker is and should be that having an audience cheer when he threw away his lightsaber was just yes. like, I'm around my people. Okay. Yeah. It's not yeah. all of Star Wars. It's just some of Star Wars. <laughs> hey, worst thing about Star Wars? Shitty fans. Shitty the worst fans. thing about every fandom in existence. Mm. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, are we just doing stuff we've done and seen this week? Uh, yeah. I will... Okay. Um, well, I can talk a little bit about... I've been playing uh, uh, Jedi Survivor, so I guess we're still on Star Wars, which you know, we never yeah. left. Uh, and it, I don't know if any of the rest of you had a chance to try it yet. It's great. Um, it's they, they took everything about the first one and built on it. Um, there's a lot of really cool mechanics uh, now for things like, you know, you bought um, or you... Uh, as you adventure throughout the galaxy... Um, you find more people to bring home to your personal cantina. Uh, and so you're actually building a little community on the main planet as you go uh, with things like, uh, you know, you get 
um, a gardener, so you can go garden on the roof of your cantina. You get a oh. <laughs> this fisherman that <laughs> Mayling, can you describe the fisherman? Because I'm not sure I can. Okay, so first of all, he's, he's like deeply Scottish, deeply <laughs> Scottish. Um, and I'm so it looks like an old timey diving suit but like the top is a glass dome and he's about like one and a half two feet tall max mm-hmm. and and it's, it's I a slug thought, on the inside of the suit yeah so i thought the slug was like troll hair that had little eye stalks oh. um but yeah so it's like he's a slug but he's like hairy and he just like appears yeah, he's got a he's got a <laughs> one of the the mini games in there. One of the collectibles is fish for your fish tank back at your cantina. Uh, and the way you find fish is you find this fisherman throughout the world just suddenly appearing in spots like you you spend you know half an hour splunking into a cave, and at the lake at the bottom, there he is sitting there fishing okay, in his little spider fishing boat. Is the most legend of zelda thing i've ever heard right it's, <laughs> it's very zelda <laughs> it's definitely like the little tingle that you have to look or, or mm-hmm. not as bad as tingle okay okay tingle is fucking terrifying and like he's weird yes. I, I i do not if tingle is in the new game i will still play the shit out of the game but nothing sessions you actually discomfort. Yes. Yeah. I will I will be a little put out as I am trying to solve all of these shrines. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he's he's just he's odd. Very odd. Yes. I can't um, wait yeah. to get into it. I'm waiting for both um the PC uh game to stabilize a bit more and for me to get money. Yeah, both of those things are good reasons to wait. Um, I have cleared a bunch of the main story. Um, uh, I'm very pleased because the villain, while you do end up uh, murdering thousands of stormtroopers uh, over the course of the game, uh, which, you know, that's fine. Death to fascism. Uh, yep. But the, uh, um, uh, the main villains of the game are not just the Empire again, uh, which is great. Because uh, you do sometimes, just, you know, I was thinking about how old Star Wars games used to just play the hits, you know, like every game you go to Hoth and you take down the uh, the ATATs and Hoth, um, and so it's nice to have a game that's uh, trying something new, and the, something new they're trying is very interesting. I don't know all of the villains' motivations yet, um, but uh, the main plot and the main thing they seem to be seeking is pretty cool, um, and Ooh. you know the the exp the exploration in this one is really really rewarding it's just like like the main planet where your cantina is has so many little side quests and caves and things to explore uh and one extremely annoying frog that i'm trying to kill right now um does it swallow you is it a wild uh, animal or yeah it's one of the big secret bosses i already killed two rancors uh this thing is way worse than a rancor oh but like oh. rancors are an endangered species and they're more endangered after they tried to eat me <laughs> uh, i hear that you get more uh, mental force powers 
Um, yeah, you do. Um, and you also get uh, the ability to uh, uh, reprogram or have BD1 reprogram droids. So there's a lot of opportunities to get Ooh. folks to fight on your side who were not fighting on your side previously. I love that. Love the sound of that. How's yeah. the combat? The same as it was in the previous, so, you know, sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's, you're like, you played too Why much Why does Dark this Souls. game hate me? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but I'm playing it on normal, and I'm not struggling as much as I did in the first one, except with this fucking frog. Uh, so, uh, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Good. Um, and, the you know, the story's great. Uh, Marin, uh, from the previous game, uh, has gone from... Uh, you know, because there's like a two-year gap in between the games, uh, has gone from uh, sort of the uh, broody, wide-eyed Night Sister seeing the galaxy for the first time to uh, the sassiest sassy who ever sassied, uh, and it's great. She delivers yeah. everything so deadpan, and uh, it's wonderful. I really like Marin as a character. I'm glad we're seeing more of her. Me too. And she's so fucking powerful. This isn't too much of a spoiler. I don't mind telling you all this. She has, like, teleport magic, because, you know, Night Sister. But she also has this thing that she can do that she uses to help you solve puzzles, where she can look at, like, a crumbled piece of ruin and use Night Sister magic to restore it to what it looked like before it crumbled. Ooh. Oh, kind of like the, the ghost come magic together. from yeah. Uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, it's, exa- it's a lot like that. Um she's she's just and there's one really fun sequence where you're fighting an imperial drill and she's just teleporting you all over the map uh it's really fun Ooh, damn that's how i really love teleportation as a force power i am so glad that they brought that back from uh from legends yeah it's definitely not a jedi thing but you know the ways yeah. of the night sisters are mysterious and wonderful they're basically they magic are. Like the yeah, force is its own what thing, it is. but what the Night Sisters do is magic. It's just magic. Yeah, it it is. It's straight up magic. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, you know what other game you can teleport around that I'm very mm. anxious to try. Portal. Tears mm. of the Kingdom. Oh, okay. oh you're gonna build a yourself shot. a robot. Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah, but like one of the new powers is actually you can you can like shoot yourself straight up and through walls. <gasps> so like you can get to oh, higher platforms. Yeah. Like the reverse like... of what Ahsoka does in the trailer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm very excited. I can't wait, but I'm talking to y'all. Do you think the the landmass map, the the ground map, is going to be the same? I don't know. No, I, don't I haven't so. heard one way or another. But from what I've seen, I mean, the it would make sense. Is similar. Some things are in the same places, but there's now like the whole a whole ton of like islands in the sky connected in various ways, and like. Some stuff has changed in terms of like the main. Something map. has happened. Yes. Yeah. Something and I just realized that Tears of the Kingdom can also be Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, wow. Interesting. Or, I don't know. I'm like just totally like making up my own. Like, could also be Tears, like 
levels of the kingdom because you go up sure. into that i mean that's that's, that's, that's a, a spelling change spelling, yeah. so. no that's more of a homonym but yeah. <laughs> yeah mike and i uh watched queen charlotte the Ooh. uh the bridgerton bridgerton story. sequel um. prequel uh short series on queen charlotte and <sighs> it is excellent um the way that they they handle the characterization of Charlotte, both as a young woman and her current age in Bridgerton, trying to make her 15 children be useful and produce an heir for the Empire. Um, it's just really good. And, like, I just love the woman playing Charlotte. Like, every performance, I just, I, I live for her. And she gets to do some dramatic acting in this one. Yes. Ooh. Yes. And like the love story between her and George is just truly spectacular and beautiful. And it's just like a different aspect of Mad King George that, you know, makes him not necessarily more sympathetic, but like just makes the whole kind of situation like a whoa this is an intense situation but how they're handling it is this supposed to be the historic king george the first or george George the the third Third. oh i i thought it was much more of a uh alt history england i see oh it it is it still is for sure definitely alt history england um but uh a lot of the things that they they reference are taken directly from like George's journals and also like Charlotte's diaries and like they weave a very beautiful cool. historical fiction fantasy story for us. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting series. So highly recommended. It. It's only six episodes, and um, if you like Bridgerton you're most likely going to like this. Um, And like the Georgian fashions are ridiculous and I love it and amazing. So yeah. yeah. Queen Charlotte. Quite cool. Nice. It's mostly all the stuff that I want to talk about is going to be happening after this weekend. So we will definitely have to talk more next time. I cannot wait to talk more about uh, visions. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah I'm 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 mm-hmm. not I'm not gonna be doing anything but Tears of the Kingdom for like the following two weeks, just so y'all know. Sorry. Sure. But sure. but but you could watch you could watch some visions with dinner and then go back to playing the game. Absolutely not. Visions I'm gonna is just get an IV sure. drip and <laughs> get my nutrients that way. Like fair. Um, I'm sure some of my daughter's diapers will fit me now that they but Ooh, not, not a great uh, image. So <laughs> sorry, Mike Space. Um so uh I uh over the last two weeks uh didn't get to do a whole lot because I was uh attending a residency for my mental health program thingy, but uh I decided what the hell, why not? I'll download this honkai star rail thing uh oh yeah how is that 
I only downloaded it because I saw that it was turn-based combat instead of like action combat stuff. And since yeah. I was intending to play it on tablet, I was like, that sounds way more compatible with mobile than like trying to do commands and running around while I can't see the screen because my thumbs are in the way. Um, I've I've been enjoying it so far. Um, the voice acting, which I've left in English against my better judgment, uh, is a little hammy sometimes, uh, but it's it's like none of it is bad. It's like it's a little hammy, but none of it is bad. Um, the combat is really satisfying. Rowan, is it hammy though? Uh, just a little bit, just a little okay. hammy. Not but is it bad. It's not. No, it is also not bad, but it's a little hammy. <laughs> but it's not bad. <laughs> just right. a really. Would you say? Really... Would you say it's moons over my hammy? So the combat is really (laughs) (laughs) the combat is really uh, easy to get into and satisfying. It's it's because it is a turn based thing. They worked in the tactical angle a bit more. Um, It's not fully like Persona 5 or Pokemon levels of exploit the weakness in order to do the thing. If anything, it's closer to Final Fantasy 13's system of deplete this gauge in order to get to do extra stuff to your enemy um Uh. but yeah and all of the it's made by the same people who made genshin impact and honkai impact the third all of the visuals are incredible all of the ultimates look really great uh the uh world building is really great uh at least part of the reason i downloaded it is because people on r slash cosmere on reddit started being like hey there's some subtle and not so subtle nods in some of the flavor text of some of the stuff in this game referring to Brandon Sanderson's works. Ooh. Interesting. Like one of the things on some like metal material, one of the pieces of flavor text was like, I heard about this world where people consume metals for power. Please do not try this with regular metal. (laughs) (laughs) definitely a fan but definitely yeah and like the the gods in in that universe the aeons are kind of like the the people who uh took the shards uh in in the cosmere and grant power to uh people according to their whims or their what they're required to be in order to be the god of the thing that they're the they're the god of like the aeon of preservation is just forever building a wall around the universe. Oh. Um, Interesting. There's a role playing job, game. It's always expanding. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, cool, cool world, cool universe. Like all of the people in it so far, I have complaints about how all of the female models walk. Cause it's a little weird. Mm. Um, what a shock in a game from the people who made Genshin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so far, so cool. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting more into it. Uh, Excuse nice. me. Nice. Thank you. Jairus, go! Something I've been getting into uh, this week is not really new for you, the listeners. Uh, I have been now watching uh, Mrs. Davis, uh, which nice. I really like. Uh, there's a twist in the second episode that I saw coming. Um, and I 
I wouldn't say that I currently know what's going on, but one of the things I really like is that they seem to be setting up this dichotomy between Mrs. Davis and uh, God, Christianity, maybe? Yeah. Um, But the thing I really enjoy is that Mrs. Davis exerts her agency like she is a god. And everything they do with Christianity looks like it is a mundane organization run by some sort of AI or robot. It is like completely switched how they feel aesthetically. Um, And yeah, the character of Jesus is very cool. Um, I think they went all the way when they're like, what if nuns really had a relationship with Jesus? I think it's beautiful. Um, It's campy in the most wonderful way. Um, It hits a lot of my Discordian vibes in that like there's a vast conspiracy. It's often very um, surreal. Uh, There's a lot of um, uh, absurdity to what's going on. I really don't understand why God needs or Jesus needs a nun to hunt down and find magicians. It's a cool... I'm wondering if that's what it needs or what Jesus needs or if what Jesus what, knows she needs. Right. Yeah. Cause like, I, I, I it, think when it's you that. get there, that's kind of more of a witch hunt, which also doesn't quite make sense with the themes of the story. So I'm hoping, yeah, it's something more like that. Um, the way that Mrs. Davis is depicted is one of the coolest things ever. And I feel very upset. I never wrote my novel as a very similar AI uh, conceit. Um, so now if I ever put it out, it's going to be um, uh, not the first or novel in that way. Huh. Um, the design on everything is so good. The car, the comedy and dialogue oh my god it's so funny i really enjoyed it yeah it, it's surprisingly funny yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it is very much a why are we watching what yeah. are we yeah. watching yeah I, it's definitely scratching that itch i love conspiracies where one of the twists is that the sides are not what you think they are or right. there's a psyop going on that's like almost exactly what the Illuminatus trilogy was all about, mm-hmm. which I also recommend. Um, since we're kind of each talking about one thing, shall I pass? Uh, no, I've, you can keep going if you've got oh. something else to do. Yeah. I mean, I've been catching up on uh, season three of Picard. I now much more understand when people say, quote unquote, it's not Star Trek. Because while a lot of the seasons of Picard were this one season is just one long protracted story. You will not be in a single ship of a crew dealing with things. Mm. This one is way, way more that, uh, that said the versions of the characters in season three are way more interesting than they were in previous seasons. Fucking Worf is incredible. Uh, Troy is incredible. I, I have, yes. Also like his shifting character and also not really a shift in characteristics. Excellent. Um, 
we data's storyline in that arc i'm gonna hit spoilers on this um data's storyline is the storyline i really wanted him to have in next generation and he never did which is that it seemed obvious to me as a kid that lauren data's problem is that they should really be one person and they yeah the integration storyline was all the way he logicked through it was so good it was one of the cool like rowan you would love this scene the the thing being discussed psychologically in the scene is just incredible um but i'm not done uh i i think i'm one or two episodes away um yeah uh I am two thirds of the way done reading the city we became. It gets better and better. I uh, can't say anything neg- negative about it, except it's taken me a really long time to get through it. And that's not really the book's fault. That's my work schedule's fault. Yeah. Um, and I've played a ton more shadows of doubt. Um, I said a number of things about it last time that through play, I realized are not accurate. Um, for instance, um, you don't die when you are killed. You are sent to the hospital and then they hold you ransom. You have to pay your hospital bills or they will not let you go. Or you could sneak out. Um, And one of the ways I found this out is I stole an augmentation that was uh, just installed medical insurance. And what it does is if you install it, one of the options is that all, when you go to the hospital, it's all free. However, the another version because like deus ex when you install an augmentation um or a disc they call it um you get a choice of what it does and they're all in theme with each other but they're not always well balanced because it's procedurally well uh generated so some of the options are better than others i could have instead chosen to waive all legal fees which means if i go to the hospital and i have stolen goods on me they don't get taken away because my lawyer has spoken to the hospital and has made the argument that they are in fact my goods Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i have solved two murders i can now speak glowingly about the procedurally generated murder system um sometimes it creates things that are hard and sometimes like it'll give you a very like yeah it's obviously this person but you don't have any links that prove that it's them and then you break into their house and fucking find the murder weapon on their bedside <laughs> table. And you're like, okay, I guess the answer was crime. <laughs> um, it's, it's very good. I thought you had to pay your rent. You don't. Um, so now I'm making money just to like, f- not be hungry to eat in diners and like buy cool new things for the house. But the because it's on pre-release, the house da- uh, system is buggy. So, like, I got myself a new, um, my character, a uh, vinyl player and some vinyl and, like, a speaker system. And then when I got home, it had dropped through the floor into the basement somehow. Um, and I only found this because I was looking through my phone records in the basement's, like, router, and I found all my stuff. <laughs> It was very weird. So yeah, um, I am not finished with any of the things I was hoping to finish so we could talk about them here, but I am getting through them and I am enjoying them. And that Excellent. is me. Uh, Mike, have you gone? Yes. Uh, I have, but actually I've got another thing I could go on, uh, which is uh, that um, 
I uh, have been reading Bloodmarked. Okay, so Bloodmarked, which is book two in the Legendborn series. Um, oh, is, sure. Uh, uh, excellent. Been enjoying it so much so far. Um, the books are... Um, I think I've talked about it when I read the first book, which is just called Legendborn, but the books are about um, a uh, young girl, a young black girl and a uh, white college uh, coming and discovering that she's got um, a connection to an ancient order of knights uh, in a historically and obviously a bit racistly um, uh like secret society group on campus uh and is in some way connected to uh uh the line of king arthur and that is all i will say about that for right now but it's great and everyone should read it and it's making me think things which is good thinking things is good yes so yeah Yes. I'm very glad that you can get that experience out of a book because a lot of books will be like, here, think about this thing. And I'm like, it's not really something I want to think about. No, thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Rowan, what have you been doing? Uh, my thing Besides was Honkai. Oh, mm. right. We've all gone. Oh my yeah. gosh. We should. Well, we did do mostly a what are you doing this week phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we do have one additional thing. Mike and I have been watching Rise of the Pink Ladies. Y'all need oh, to watch yeah. it yeah, if yeah. you get a chance. It's surprisingly good, even though it's based off Greece. <laughs> yeah, we talked we talked about this last week. It it's based off Greece, but it's good, I promise. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But nice. speaking of Greece, uh I went to the middle school instrumental concert at the school mm-hmm. I work at. And um, the vocal class did probably the most unemotional version of Summer Nights I have ever heard. It was was just like, Summer Lovin' had me a blast. Summer Lovin'. Like, technically perfect, but completely devoid of any emotion. Kind of like, like uh, Church of England doing singing religious songs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it just, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, but um, they did a very good job. But uh, yeah, maybe don't have middle schoolers sing that song unless you are prepared to explain to them what they should be feeling or what they're talking singing about. about. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, very awkward. Yeah, the vibe of I don't even want to be here was strong. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Damn. I, um, that reminds me of another thing I did this week in that I finished listening to uh, the Adventure Zone Ether Sea. Um, oh, nice. And I, I really liked it. Um, I, it's made me realize that I am less and less into um, uh, Griffin's uh, telling metaphysical stories. Uh, I really liked the first arc's metaphysics, but since then I haven't really gotten into it. But the characters and like the storytelling remains excellent. And 
there is this moment in the second to last episode that was so good I cried. It was so perfectly meaningful between a PC and NPC. It was exactly the way I wanted the story to go that I felt like it needed to go. Um, And I had been thinking like in the previous episode, I don't know if I understand this story or if I'm that into it. And then that happened and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I understand these themes way better now. Um, One of the things uh, also that they did really well is the shift in setting worked awesome. I really enjoyed seeing uh, D&D run in a subaquatic world in which, like most combat, could not really be done hand-to-hand unless you were in a particular situation. I think the the ship rules worked uh, very well. Um, I think using a quiet year was a great uh, choice. However, um, I am now listening through their short um, Dust 2, which has Erica Ishii in it, and it is one of the best things they've done. It is so incredibly funny and very... the. Mm, they're really getting into the uh city of shadows or urban shadows system way more uh have you been listening to uh wizard the witch in the wild one yes i so good listen to it religiously i don't yet pay the patreon so i have not heard all of the like earlier episodes um i think it's very funny the world is very interesting, but the real gem in uh, the the Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild one is the uh, player chemistry and the yeah, the player absolutely. to GM chemistry. Oh man, oh man, yeah. I'm left. Mm. So yes, thank you for reminding me. Um, I am also listening to that, and uh, it is excellent. Um, I also started listening to. Um, wandering in book four um and the goblin politics are very interesting and also so painfully hard to like get through that i had i am only like one tenth of the way through the book and i had to put it down i can't listen to more uh the pacing in those books can bother me and that there's just too many interesting things happen like jammed pack where like, I feel I can't put it down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. So now that it's finally switched perspective from the uh, main goblin character rags uh, back to Aaron, I was like, okay, I, I freaking need a breather. Yeah. Uh, they hit a theme in the goblin storyline that disturbed me so much that, is like so much in line to the things in history that drive me to learn more about history. It it's a incredible example of the fact that when people write about monsters or non-human characters or robots or goblins, they're always only ever writing about people. And yeah, wondering it. It's great. Yeah. That's me. I think, um, does anyone else want to add something in before we wrap it up? Uh, I briefly started Uh, reading the wandering in again, uh, on the plane rides back home. Uh, it is a wonderful starting at the beginning. No, 
I started. Oh, you went back to it. Yes, I returned to it after a longish break. Uh, unfortunately, with books four, five, and also six, it is a series that lends itself very well to taking a break from time to time because mm-hmm. the intense parts are really intense. They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, you're further along than me, I assume. Are you on book five? Book I'm six? on book six. Oh, gods. So you're two ahead of me. Yes. I'm at like 6.56 in terms of like the chapter numbering. So I think I'm almost at the end of the sixth volume. But oh boy, it took quite a bit to get there. <laughs> I, I just can't believe how many volumes there are in this series. I, I think there are eight or nine now. To be fair, the last time I went back to look, uh, they had been split up even further into novella-sized chunks. So the number of volumes is no longer what it was when we started reading Jairus. Like, there were nine mm. when we looked. There are like oh. 16 or more now. Oh, God. She writes like... If she stops, she'll die. Yeah. Yeah. It And there, it's good shit, but oh my God, sometimes I think, you know, the thing. So I just finished up the Goblin City storyline um, or while Rags was there. Holy fuck. Holy fucking fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we uh, shall we? Uh, yeah, so we're the Ace of Geeks. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks and on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Ace of Geeks. Uh, you should definitely follow us on Facebook because uh, Jairus posts such wonderful things for us. Such wonderful, as wonderful you. things. As oh, do thank you. you. Uh, not as often as you do. Um, that is and, true. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and... Uh, um, if you want to give us feedback, what you liked about this episode, what you didn't like about this episode, whether uh, any of the things of we stuff. talked about actually helped you survive the Midwest. Mm, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Please feel free uh, to send us an email. Jairus, how do they do that? A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Uh, my name is Mike Fadum. I've been one of your hosts today. You can find me on Twitter at Vengeance God. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Broken Infinity Film. You can find me on TikTok at Vengeance God too. Um, one day I will consolidate all of my usernames, and this will be easier. Uh, <laughs> you, you can also please check out um, the League of Swords, which is um, my uh, super exciting and fun uh, sword fighting show that I'm working on right now and we'll have more info on hopefully yeah. soon. Um yay. Uh and uh Mailing go. Hi I'm Mailing. Uh you can find me on TikTok at MLKitty1875. I mostly lurk and repost cat videos. But if that's what you're into, give me a follow. Jerris, go. Hi, my name is Jairus Margopoulos. If you're interested in reading any of my thoughts on um, magic or religion or spirituality, you can find them at firstchurchofthemorningstar.com slash blog. I don't write everything that's on there, 
but if you click through some of the uh, titles, you'll be able to see each writer. I'm identified by name. Rowan, go. Hello, me Rowan. Me make music. Good dudes. Good dudes for all of the happy fun time. Do a dance. Make a little love. Have fun tonight. There is a SoundCloud link for you to have very nice soundtrack for all of the things that I just mentioned. Also, uh, dance responsibly. I'm afraid I have to um, uh, draw issue uh, with what you just said. They are not good dudes. They are great dudes. They are the best dudes. They're very good dudes. I've, I've heard other music. They're not the best dudes, but they're pretty I good. I will fight you! If you enjoy the dudes, awesome! Enjoy the dudes! Yes. <sighs> Sorry, I'm watching my cat. Oh, yeah. He's very cute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's us. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love you, and we hope to hear from you. Please validate the existence of this podcast. I beg <laughs> of you. Uh, I... You will end this the way that we always do. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.